and you scam people out of what they deserve by doing that. You know, you add fees in there, you add for the service cards in there, or this or that or the other, and a lot of times those conditions aren't even Islamic. And people will do that to each other even within the Muslims. So Allah says, don't eat each other's money using cheating. Don't do that. In other words, this is now Allah talking about business ethics. Basically, it's how to run a business and how to not scam people when you do business. Do the right thing when you do business. And by the way, the ones of you in, sitting in the audience that are employees, you're not, you're not running your own business. Maybe some of you are running a gas station or you've got a company, you provide a service or you're running a medical clinic or whatever. But some of you are employees. When you work for a company and you have a salary, you're also, in a sense, in a business. You're selling your skills and your hours for a service. So you're also, you know, you're providing something of yourself and you're taking something in return. That's also a kind of business. This is why even employees, the Prophet described them as nafsahu. Right? He described them as someone who sells himself. Literally, he sells some hours of his life to his company, his employer. And he gets a paycheck in return. So Allah says in this ayah, don't cheat people. Essentially, don't cheat people in business. Don't eat their money using falsehoods. Now, just to give you a quick example of that, before we talk about the hikmah, some of the hikmah of wisdom, and how it's connected to the ayat of fasting, you know, you have people that are due to do contracts. And this is the easiest example. You know, uh, car mechanics, you know, construction workers, contractors, builders, people you, you know, or, you know, service providers, like people are going to replace your carpet, or they're going to, you know, paint your house, and things like that, right? Now, these kinds of things, they're contracts, so you pay the person up front, you have an agreement, this is the work you'll do, there's a deadline, do it in 30 days, you have two weeks, whatever it is, right? And then the guy shows up late, he doesn't do his work, and he's taken extra time, then he says, oh no, the, the prices have changed, so the material's going to be more expensive now, <laughs> right? In the middle of the contract, they'll say, oh, times because gas prices have gone up, you know, we need to, I need to charge more money. And so first they lock you in, now you're stuck, because your house is half built, your house is half built, your car, the transmission is open, and you got to get to work. And then he says, you know what, prices have changed, the part is discontinued, i got to order it from the special warehouse, and they'll tell you whatever, you know. Now you're stuck and you have to pay them more. This is that's exactly what that is, you know. And you know when people do that? When people have a kind of expertise. When people have a kind of expertise, like for example, I don't know anything about cars. I don't know anything about cars. If you, if I open the hood and look underneath, it might as well just ask me to do surgery, because I don't know what's going on down there. So when I take my car to the mechanic and he says, yeah, you need a new timing belt. I don't even know what a timing belt is. I say, okay, fine. Put a new timing belt. And he goes, oh, by the way, your transmission is I need a new transmission. Oh, and by the way, this kind of deal. So you go to the guy to get an oil change and you end up paying $4,000 for your $2,000 car, but you have, and it's all because he knows things that you don't know. So if he tells you things, you have no way of checking, right? You have no way of checking. So people take advantage of that. By the way, it's not just car mechanics. Let me not pick on those. Sorry, don't really about a car mechanic. I'm messing with you. <laughs> you know? This could be with real estate agents. This could be with physicians. Oh, I need to prescribe you this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And for each prescription, he's getting like a cut from the pharmaceutical company. For him, the, 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 the patient, for, the, for certain doctors, the patient is no different from the guy who walked into the mechanic shop. It's the way to make money. That's all it is. So this, this is very heavy about financial, like, regularity. This is, this is Allah putting us in check, watch out when you do business. Don't eat each other's money when you do business. The question is, what's the connection with, with, with the ayat of fasting? Allah told us, immediately when he revealed fasting, he said, 
Kutiba alaykum usiyam, kama kutiba ala nabina min khablikum. And listen to this part carefully. He said he gave us fasting just like he gave it to those who came before us. This surah, Baqarah, first half of it is all about those who came before us. Now who came before us? Who, who am I talking about in surah Baqarah? That Allah talks about in detail. Bani Israel. Bani Israel are the ones that came before us. And they did have fasting. They did have fasting. And as a matter of fact, the Prophet ﷺ, before Ramadan was revealed, he used to fast on the same days as the Jews fasted. He used to fast on the same exact days. So Allah is reminding us of the fasting of the Jews. Now if you study the first half of Baqarah, the Jews have one problem. One problem. No taqwa. They had no taqwa. And Allah says, I'm giving you fasting so you can have what? Taqwa. So you can have taqwa. And when Allah talked about the Jews in the first half of the surah of Israel, what are the practices that he highlighted? They're cheating each other in business. They're lying to each other. They're, they're changing the word of Allah. They're manipulating each other. They're even ready to kill one another. There's all this corruption happened. And the reason Allah highlights over and over again is they didn't have taqwa. Their, their hearts had become hard. So Allah says, I gave you fasting so you can have taqwa. And now when we think of fasting, we think of our relationship with Allah Azza wa Jal, right? 30 days of training in Ramadan so we can have a good relationship with Allah. And Allah says actually, the test whether you actually learn taqwa or not is how did your business change? Now that Ramadan is over, you're not coming to the masjid as often. You're not praying that many hours anymore. You're not fasting every day anymore. You're not doing as much dhikr, reciting as much Quran. Everything has changed. You went back to business as usual. But actually it's not business as usual anymore. Now it's business based on taqwa. So now that this is actually the result of Ramadan. After Ramadan, our, our dealings with people should change. Our business practices should change. Those of you that are employees and walk in 45 minutes late into your office, because your boss is nice, you show up at 9 o'clock now. You don't show up at 9.45 anymore. Because you know this is an amana. Those of you that are teachers and don't do your job preparing your lessons. You don't do your job preparing your lessons. And you just walk in, ah, it's an Islamic school, who cares? Alright, you know, nobody comes and checks anyway. The principal is busy doing other administrative things. I can just walk in and teach whatever. No big deal. Well, you, people are paying tuition, so you're eating their money falsely. You're eating their money falsely. You know, government jobs, you see the biggest example of this. You know, you, once you get tenure in government jobs, people are on vacation, literally. <laughs> they don't do anything. So you ask them, where's the paperwork at? Being done. Being taken care of. That's the Pakistani version, inshallah, right? <laughs> You know, consider it done. I mean, there's nowhere to be found. No worry about it. And they're not worried about that because they know their bosses are going to come down. He's also a government employee. They're union protected and all of that. So they can just sit back and relax. You know, these ayat, we don't realize the impact of them. You know, in, in this country, I went to business school, right? And they tell you that the average corporate employee, the average corporate employee, wastes 70% of his time. While on the clock, while on the clock, either he's checking his email, she's checking her email, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Islamic lectures, you name it, extra long lunch break, you name it, Every, anything but work, <laughs> anything but work, right? And they're, they're, very, they're, not, they're only productive like two or three hours a day, like seriously productive. But most of the time they're just chilling time, right? And then that's in, the, in corporate America where they're serious about the bottom line. Then you have government positions where people aren't serious at all. And you know when we talk about the budget crisis, 
and you have people that are being, you know, the, the, how much money is being overspent and the government's not be, being frugal enough in its spending and all of this stuff. All of it comes from people not taking their jobs seriously. That's the root problem. The biggest expense in any organization is the human resource. And when those people don't do their job honestly, then it takes more expense to get a little bit done. And so it's, everybody's being robbed because of that one person's corruption. And you know what? The last thing I'll share on this before I move on. You know what people do? When they, everybody around them is corrupt, everybody around them doesn't take their job seriously, they're all relaxed, they're all just chilling in the, at the workplace, and you know, doing, doing whatever shady practices in their business. They say, brother, everybody's doing it. You want me to survive in my business or not? I gotta survive. I gotta do whatever, you know, when in Rome, do as the Texan does, you know. <laughs> you gotta get by. This is the exact attitude that Allah Azza came to destroy. Your relationship is not your survival of your risk does not come from you following what everybody else is doing. Your risk comes from Allah Azawajal. That that idea that I will, my business will fail if I obey Allah already means that you don't understand where this comes from. You're not sure that it comes from Allah. You think it comes from your business. It doesn't come from your business. So, وَلَا تَأْقُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ بِالْبَاطِلِ وَلَا تُبِلُوا بِهَا إِلَى الْحُكَّانِ What an amazing phrasing. أَبْلَا يُبْلِي إِذْلَا in Arabic from Dalwun. Dalwun means a bucket. Well, when everything's a bucket, you know, when you lower, when you sometimes to trap an animal, you know what they would do? They tie a rope to a bucket and put a little fish or put some food in that, inside the bucket and put the bucket towards the animal. And the animal goes to the bucket and it pulls towards itself little by little until they get the animal in the trap. Right? He says, don't lower the bucket to rulers, meaning don't give bribes to rulers. Don't pay off the regulator, the inspector, you know. So that a group can eat the people's money using falsehood, using corruption, using sin. In other words, one side is business ethics, and the other side is don't pay off government officials. Don't give money to government officials. Don't have special interest groups and buy the senator or this or the other, you know, give them a little few extra gifts and send them some packages, and then so that when they become, when they turn into office, they award you the contract. Does that happen in our society today? SubhanAllah. You know, to this day, is, uh, uh, how many uh, senators and congressmen get caught taking extra money on the side from companies that they award contracts to in their, in their community? And they milk money on the side. This is, of course, it happens in the news here once in a while. In the Muslim world, we're often at it. We're, we're, we're <laughs> these guys should get our autograph. We're, we're really good at it. That's what Mubi Haidat Sukkot. From the bottom to the top, in our society, in, our, in Muslim government, the top of the government, all the way to the bottom, man. They're amazing at eating people's money. They're incredible. You can't so much as eat. You know, people, I, I know stories of people, they go to Hajj. They go to Hajj. And they run from their country to go to Hajj. You go to Allah's house, man. And you go and you go to the air, airport and you get, you get sent his passport in through the window. And the guy gives the passport back, he goes to taxi. You gotta put some money in, don't close the passport, then pass it over. Then I'll let you go to Hajj. <laughs> You're not speaking my language. You understand? And this is common now. This is normal. Cop pulls you over in Pakistan. What do you do? Click on the little. Say, Salaam alaikum. You go. Okay. I'm the answer. Right? All of this is talked about in Quran. And all of this is a result of Ramadan. If you really learn your lesson, if Ramadan was really effective on your heart, then your practices around you will change. You will not endorse corruption anymore. Not in business, not in government. 
ولا تزنوا بها الى الحكام لتاكلوا فريقا من اموال الناس بالاثم so that a group can a group of people can eat the monies of the people people are being swindled because of this because of the merger between corrupt business and corrupt government when those two things work hand in hand the people are destroyed the people are the victims you know so you have policies that are developed you know an interesting story was about milk recently in the news not not from maybe a year or about two years ago there were some reporters from Fox who did a piece on the kinds of hormones that are being injected into milk and how dangerous and harmful they are the effects they're having on children's growth and their intellectual ability and their brain capacity all this kind of stuff so the, the, the milk industry the dairy produce industry basically threatened to sue Fox so they killed the story and they didn't, they didn't air the story and then the reporters insisted that the reporters got fired so they just put their report on YouTube instead of putting it on Fox, they just put it up on YouTube and put the entire story of how they couldn't go forward. And they had even then a piece on how these regulations, the reason you're not, of course the Food and Drug Administration has to approve these hormones before they're injected into the milk. But how these industries actually pay off officials in the Food and Drug Administration to get this stuff, they were exposing all of this stuff, right? So that can't go forward, so it's just, these people are fired and they're blacklisted and all of that stuff, so part of that. Who's being harmed by all of this? You and me that go to the grocery store and feed our children that milk. We're the victims of that, right? So, لِكَاكُنُوا فَلِكَمْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِ النَّاسِ بِالْإِسْمِ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ And you know what you're doing. You know exactly what you're up to. So, this is one area that could really be impacted by our practices of, in our practice of being. We should be completely different from Bani Israel. If you know one thing about Bani Israel, they have financial irregularity. And Allah says, you're the new nation. You shouldn't have that. Otherwise you're just like that. What's the point of you becoming a new woman?